Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 years minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsibility gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text TN Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> All right, welcome to the Fourth Line Voice, episode 182 of the Big Show. See, I'm going to do my intro right now. I have a special guest on the line. Long time, uh, finally got him on. Uh, that, that was my fault for not inviting him earlier. Uh, Dave, Dave, what's happening? How are you today? Good, Darren. How are you? Very good. Yeah, I think good. I think we've been talking about coming on the show since we met up at the Boston Pizza. What, like three years ago? Two years ago? Uh for sure, two years ago. Yeah, I suppose, right? Yeah, we were we were talking about it for a while, and then nothing happened, and you didn't didn't 
say anything about it, so I was like, good, we're not scraping the bottom of the barrel yet. No, fucking prima donna, yeah, fucking asshole. Doesn't phone me back, <laughs> won't return my calls, thinks he's a big deal now. Yeah, but uh, no, like I was telling you off air, yeah, you kind of, you start asking so many people, and uh, I fucked over Steve the other night too, fuck, I'm surprised he'll talk to me after, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I said I got to start writing things down, but uh, yeah, man, no, I appreciate you taking the time to come on today. Absolutely. Like like I said before, we got going right before I kind of hit record. I said, "Well, I don't know what are we going to talk about." And I don't know. We I think we're both sort of blankly staring at the wall, like I don't know. So, well, we might have a few things planned, but uh, or to talk about. But uh, I think we'll just sort of, uh, as I said for the folks, it's a it's a Sunday episode. It'll be the Sunday ramble. Sunday ramble. Well, we we did that for about forty five minutes before, so let's get after it. Yeah, look at that. a couple like a couple old ladies in the knitting circle here. So, all right, <laughs> small town gossip. Isn't I think that's what we were doing. Small town gossip, yeah. Well, yeah, that's pretty much what we were doing, yeah. yeah we, well, we talked a little bit of senior hockey and uh, a couple stories. Yeah, well, we're going to get into the senior hockey and, and all that sort of thing. But, uh, well, I'll do this before we kind of get going. I'm going to, like I said, normally I do sort of, I'll do the interview and I kind of do the intro after the fact, but I'll kind of, I'll incorporate it all at the same time here, but... Uh, Folks, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network, whatever. They're, all the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. And Dave, I got two other shows I always talk about. The Five for Fighting podcast with that Alec down in Florida. I don't know what he's going to be talking about. but uh, And then we got Joe out in Long Island, a New York Islander enforcer podcast, the Coliseum Chronicles. Those guys are kind of big deals, Dave, I'm telling you. I'm surprised they returned my calls. Yeah. <laughs> good shows though they do a good job out there they're well they don't do, do don't do too bad yeah they're uh yeah it's uh alec he's sort of the he's the big wheel uh down at the florida everblades games now yeah what a guy that just any any excuse the guy tailgates at east coast hockey league games there we go <laughs> must be something the same as uh tailgating at a uh, bruno t-bird's game back in 2002 or something Oh, I don't think the, the Everblades could ever match the fucking uh, the rivalry of a Bruno Purdue matchup. No way. Yeah. <laughs> no. Some crazy times there, boy. Holy smokes! Look, fucking, we're we're dropping the Bruno T Birds already here, folks. This is going to be a hell of an episode. Now, for all these folks listening <laughs> that are that live outside of Western Canada, they'll be. I don't know what these two idiots are talking about. What is this? Well, folks, we're we're going to get into some senior hockey talk here. Um, and, and what I'm saying, and for the folks out there, uh, I mean, like the Western boys will know what I'm talking about, but, uh, when I say senior hockey, I'm not talking like the rec league that you play at the, at the, at the four rink place down the street where, you know, it's the Jiffy Lube Jets, you know, versus, you know, whatever the hot tub store, like, and it's, everyone has fun and there's no contact and whatever. No, senior hockey, it's like legit and it's like contact and there's fighting. It's like a regular hockey and it's a bunch of small town guys and every once in a while in some of the bigger leagues that try to qualify for the Allen Cup, which is the Stanley Cup of senior hockey in Canada um, and all yep. the provinces go for it. Uh, well, certain leagues go for it and every province is like represented at the Allen Cup and and, there, and they, some of these teams, they say they don't, but they do throw, like, big money at import guys. 
And, uh, yeah, so you'll get, like, and you have, like, ex-NHL guys playing, ex-minor league guys, ex-junior guys. Like, it's really good hockey. And, uh, but there is a ton of senior hockey littered around Canada. And uh, in just here in the province of Saskatchewan, I went and looked, and I counted 14 senior leagues. So I was going to say 13, but I don't know how COVID really threw a wrench into into uh, seasons and stuff like that for the past few years, but... That's, yeah, I was going to say 13. It was up there. Yes, that's true. Now that you say that, yes, because one of them was down for the year. So, yes, 13. And uh, so, and that's the thing with Canada. I've always said for maybe the American people that aren't, you know, that don't, you know, haven't paid attention. Like I always say, Canada is the second largest land mass in the world. And it's, but there's only how many people? What, 38 million people in Canada? So it's very spread out. So as you're driving through these provinces, you're going through small towns everywhere. Well, these small towns all have old rinks and uh, old school rinks, and they all have the local senior team, and uh, and they all play in a senior hockey league. And it's town versus town, and uh, shit can get heated. And Dave shit got heated. And Dave's witnessed this, yes, on more than one occasion. More than one occasion, yeah. In the stands, on the ice, holy shit. Yeah, because it's Friday, Saturday night games, right? Yeah, exactly. And everyone has their uh, has their thermos filled with whiskey and Coke and a little bit of a splash of water just to tame it down a bit. And uh, we sat there and we watched senior hockey. I don't know. I, I think I started going when I was 14, old enough to go out kind of thing, 14, 15 sort of thing, without my parents, obviously. And, uh, yeah, we'd sit there with, like, a Gatorade bottle of Gatorade and vodka or a thermos full of whiskey and Coke and that sort of thing. And we watched, sometimes our friends, but a lot of older fellas play some pretty physical hockey. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, uh, well, like we said, when we get going, and that's the thing when a lot of these senior leagues, like I said, back then, I mean, you get the 30-year-old dude who, like, never played, like, he played growing up. And then what you know played the bantam and midget whatever. And the moment, like you said, graduated high school, went back and worked on the farm, or you know at the local at the local agriculture you know at the local ag store or whatever. And he's but yeah. Saturday nights they go and down to the local hole and drink or go to the barn dance and get into a fight after the parking lot. And they're just rugged, tough farmers and strong as shit, skin like leather. And yeah, come winter, you know, when obviously the the you know you you don't have the crops to worry about. It's uh, Friday and Saturday, and we're gonna go play some hockey, and you know, and maybe get into one. And and, and, and I just I'm just gonna sorry, go ahead, Darren. No, 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 go ahead. All you. So it, it's funny when you say some of these guys were you know farmers and worked at the fertilizer plant that sort of thing and um, worked at the mine in Bruno's case there was a mine yep. around Colonze or whatever and worked in the mine or whatever but some of these guys came from Saskatoon. That's true. Yeah. And yep. we would we would obviously the imports. Yep. They would pay them four hundred bucks and and mileage to get out there and travel Bruno wherever it was um, they played in the Wheatland Hockey League Nakem that sort of thing and uh, they send them off and pay for their way to get out there and pay them a nice chunk of change to go play a game of hockey. There was a couple guys, uh, who am I thinking when I was 16, 17 at the time, so my memory fades me a little bit. Um, David Bame, 
The big guy from uh, the Huskies, I think he played with the Huskies year, years ago. He did? He came out, he got paid. He, he was a really good hockey player. He got paid a little bit to come out. I know that. Uh, good foosball player, too. Had a couple games with him. And uh, Blaine Hilbig. Yep. There's a blast from the past. Yeah, that's a SJHL guy. Yeah. Yeah, he played out in Bruno for a while too. I remember one time standing in the stands and had my had my Mickey and everything like that and sitting there watching there's a scrum over by I don't know, I think they might have been playing Bonda or Anaheim or something like Anaheim seems to ring a bell. And they were in by Anaheim's bench and there's a scrum whatever and David or not David Bain, Blaine Hilbig picks up this guy and just lays a licking on him. Stands him straight up and down like a fence post, just pounds on him and drops some skates off. And that, I think that was my first senior hockey fight that I can legit remember. There was one before that, but I was maybe about 10. But Blaine Hilbig really kind of cemented that, holy shit, these guys are tough. Like, And this is just senior hockey, hey? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I know a couple guys. They uh, they played junior, and then uh, they were going to university, but they didn't want to. They didn't like the Husky coach, and they didn't really want to play CIAU hockey. But they played senior hockey instead because they were getting paid. They got paid pretty good money, right, to go play senior. Yeah. So so, exactly. so, the, so the WHL was paying for their school, and they were playing senior hockey and making money Fridays and Saturdays, right? So. Uh, yeah, because they didn't want to play with the Huskies. Because they knew their hockey, like, like CIEU, CIEU is a Canadian version of the NCAA. And uh, so when yeah. you're playing university hockey, um, yeah, like those guys are all played major junior or junior A hockey. Like it's elite level hockey. Like it's good. It's really good. But after that, you're there to go to school, like legitimately go to school. And you get your degree yeah. and go on with life. Most guys after the CIEU, they might go play in Europe for a year or two and then get on with life or whatever. Because at that point, they're 25, 26 years old. So most of the time, they just graduate and get jobs. But uh, some of them go on to play in the minors and stuff. Not many, though. Or they just do it for a year to say they did it and then go get jobs. But so other guys know this. Like, okay, well, after I'm done junior, I'm not getting the, you know, I'm not going to the NHL or anything. So, yeah, so they'll just go play senior and make some money and there you go. So yes, like you said, there's there are imports for sure, and guys making some some. I mean, not LNAH level money, but I mean they're making very good money. I mean, at one time, I don't know this. I haven't talked to anybody in the last couple years around senior hockey. I'm kind of assuming they're probably not paying what they did at one time. Maybe they are, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know for sure either. I know back in the day, like 2000, 2002, 2004, they were maybe. I couldn't put a number on it, but it was a fairly good chunk of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when the guys I was talking to, we're talking like late 90s, and I know they were getting, you know, they'd get paid trans per kilometer and whatever, and then money yeah. on top of it. And it was and it, and it was more so like roster and Dalmany, sort of maybe bigger centers, I think, at least the guys that I was talking to that were like right. making decent money. But yeah, they used to draw fairly decent crowds too. Oh, bro. The Bruno Barn was packed all the time. And we had um, a mezzanine on top of the, um, just over top of the, like the, um, the inside of it, whatever. You go up the stairs and there's, a, there's an open bar up there and you go and have a drink. And after there'd be a party and music and stuff like that. And the hockey teams would come up and there'd be a little bit of scuffle here and there. They're not too bad usually because everyone's so close. Like we played, 
our guys played Anaheim, Nakem, uh, Waka. Sometimes Waka was okay. Cudworth. Teams like that. Tisdale. That was a trek. And then they moved from the Wheatland Hockey League to the Fort Carlton Hockey League. A little bit better hockey. And played teams like Warman and uh, Rostern. I know like Chris McAllister played with Rostern for a cup of coffee there. Yep. And uh, and teams like that. So they moved around a little bit. Well, and I think was it just last? Or I guess it was to be the well, be a year before the year before that. Yeah, McAllister, him and uh, Conrad McKay, I believe, dropped the gloves in the playoffs. Was it correct? I believe. I remember hearing. I that. think so. Yeah. Yeah. And that when when McAllister was playing with Rosser, and was the same time that Derek Parker was playing with his brother Brett and Bruno. Yeah. And I. I try to get out to games and I try to just see see those two on the same sheet of ice at the same time. And they were maybe out there when I saw Rostron play Bruno, maybe five times total during the, during the season. And I was just, you know, they're getting older and they don't want to do it so much anymore, but I was just crossed my fingers and hoped just to see it or even talk to each other. Yeah. Well, and you know, every once in a while, one of these guys from a small town, you know, he knows Derek Parker's out there playing, and it's like, ah, you know what? I've seen this guy on YouTube a few times. Let's try him out. You know, let's see what happens. And there ever, happens every once in a while, because I know Morassi plays some senior hockey around Meadow Lake, and he's been in a few. Yeah. You know, so, and, uh, well, when, part, when you were watching Parker, was he running around at all? Or was he pretty tame? Well, uh, I remember one time they were playing Tisdale, and there was, there was a kid, maybe he was, 23 22 23 sort of thing must have knew who Derek was and started poking at him and giving it to him a little bit and they just dropped the gloves I believe Derek broke his orbital bone a couple go. punches and broke broke the kid's orbital bone I was like what are you doing it's Derek Parker he's he's had punch-ups with some of the toughest guys on ice yep and you're just you're just nobody you're a kid like what? What are you doing? I'm pretty sure Derek broke his orbital bone in that fight because he was pretty purple. He was purple like the Tisdale Ramblers jerseys. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, and that's the thing. You start messing with these guys, and it's like they've done it so many times, and they just that's a, that's a different level of toughness than someone. Like they might have had oh back in midget, I had a few fights. Well, yeah, okay. And you might be the tough guy in your friends down at the local bar, but when yeah. you when you get on ice and you're fighting a guy that has over 500 professional fights it's like yeah that's a whole different and level. counting yeah well yeah that's a whole different level of hockey fight right there yeah so i i don't remember i remember watching the end of it when he went down and then i remember hearing about the start of the fight because i don't know it was in i believe it was in bruno and i i don't remember much from that but the, the end of the fight i saw the kid go down and i was just like holy shit he got popped hard. Then yeah, it gets up and he's leaking a little bit and Yeah, well and that's the thing. And even well and even talking to Jeff Rogers, he I don't think he played the last couple of years, but he he was playing up until like COVID times here. So I mean you're talking to a guy on I well, Jeff Rogers gotta be fifty for sure. At least not. Oh for sure, yeah. Yeah, but still in good shape and uh he's still out there and apparently he's still fucking mixing it up a little bit and Getting into it and good for him. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. But I could. I I think he's probably. You know. 
I think maybe some of these kids are probably, well, one, I mean, he's 50 some years old, but two, I think they're probably smart enough not, because even a 50 year old, 50 year old Jeff Rogers would still fucking lay one of these kids out. I have no doubt in my mind. That's old man strength going there mm-hmm. and a little bit of pent up rage. <laughs> wow, that, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. 400 pro fights and uh, a year and a lifetime of farming. Yeah, that is strength yeah. that these oh, kids okay. have never felt. But when he'd grab you, that would, you'd know it. Yeah. That, that's funny. Before we got on the air here, we were talking about um, that Bruno game in Purdue. Uh, had a buddy that was a 17 year old playing uh, senior hockey with Bruno. And, uh, I was working at an agricultural parts place in the city here, just outside of the city. And a gentleman came in and we were talking senior hockey and he had a hockey gamer who was doing whatever with hockey. And I said, Oh yeah, Bruno and Purdue played 2001, 2002 in the playoffs in Purdue. My buddy got beat up by a pretty strong guy. And he looked at me and he's like, that was 2002. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was like, that was me. I was like, Okay. He was like, yeah, I used to ride bulls and stuff like that. Well, my buddy said this guy was the strongest guy he's ever had to encounter on the ice. He yeah. basically grabbed him by his right hand, gave him a couple of good swats, ragged all them, threw him around like a flag sort of thing. And uh, that was the end of it. And my buddy was like, he's the strongest guy I've ever had to encounter on the ice. Well, this guy rode bulls. Uh, yeah, he exactly. was maybe five, maybe 5'10". Five, at the time, he was probably, when I met him, he was probably 220 pounds, so he's a thicker guy. Maybe not bull rider-esque right now, but, but strong as a freaking ox, hey? And gave him a good good licking, and that was the end of it. And it was just kind of a small world thing, talking to a guy from Purdue who was a bull rider that beat up my buddy in a senior hockey provincial game. <laughs> yeah, don't grab the bull yeah. rider. Yeah. Yeah, he, he probably had it coming, though, but... <laughs> well, and, that, and that's the thing, and, that, and that's always... Not so much in senior, well, in senior, you don't know who you're out there with sometimes, but I always laugh when you hear, like, the rec league stories, like, the guys that are just out there to play for fun and whatever, because every team's got that guy, and everybody listening to this show right now is nodding as they're looking at their dashboard or their phone. Everyone who's played rec hockey, there's that guy. There's always that guy on the team that thinks it's game seven of the cup or takes it way too serious, and it's just like, whatever. And every once in a while, you'll hear a story of these guys acting up with some guy on the other team. And then it turns out that the some guy on the other team, uh, if you actually did a hockey DB search, you would notice to not mess with that guy. And, uh, oh yeah, I knew a, there was a story a guy I work with on their rec league team. They, they brought their friend out. He had just come into town. He was playing. And back in the, I think it was the Manitoba League. It was one of the junior A leagues, either Alberta or Manitoba. And he had played three years in that league, you know, five or six years earlier. And, like, was one of the all-time, like, penalty minute leaders. Like, you know, like like back when it was yeah. ridiculous, like 400 minutes a season and shit, right? Like, this is like, late 90s yeah. when this guy was putting up, like, serious penalty minutes. But he never went. He was just a local guy, whatever, and one of those just tough locals. Played junior A for a couple years, two or three years, put up, like, 900 minutes in three seasons, and then got on with life. Well, anyway, he moves to Saskatoon. Yep. Hey, you want to play some senior or some rec hockey? Sure. So he's coming out and, you know, like I said, he played on the Jiffy Lube Jets and Division D and, uh, you know, skating around, just minding his own business. And, like, obviously one of the better players, but he's not, 
you know, taking it, going hard to the corners or anything. He's just like, whatever, throwing saucer passes and just taking it, having a good time just out to skate and stretch the legs out, get away from the kids and the wife on a Wednesday night, right? Absolutely. But, but sure enough, this guy and the other team's fucking around and he's pushing everybody around and he's pushing this ex-junior A guy around. And the guy's like, dude, just, you know, we're out here having fun. Let's, how about we dial it down a little bit? Yo, fuck, wait, oh, anytime, buddy. Oh, yeah, okay, whatever. So the one guy had to, so they have the intermission, right, where they come out and I think it's like a little two-minute, three-minute break and then you play the, the second half. Well, Buddy skates over to the other team and just, hey, you know, see number 11 on our, just leave him alone, just don't. It's, don't, all right? Because you're, you're telling the guy, like, you're going to get fucked up, just dial it down. Okay, whatever, bro. Yeah. One of this shit, right? Sure enough, guy's running around again in the second period, and he starts messing around with the ex-junior guy here. And he, finally, the ex-junior guy, at some point, the, the switch is going to go, right? Because it did for years. So all oh, of a sudden, totally, yeah. You know, so this guy's whacking him. Finally, the guy turns, and he's just like, okay, fuck, do you want it that bad? And the guy's like, yeah, let's do it, bro. And this guy throws his gloves off and rips his helmet off. Like, all of a sudden, holy shit. It's every LNH video this guy's ever watched on YouTube. He's going to imitate <laughs> it, right? And he's taking his elbow pad off, and he's squaring off like he's somebody. And this guy's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. So he drops his shit. And everybody's telling the ref, like, hey, stay, just let him. Fuck it. This guy's going to learn a lesson. He's going to learn a valuable lesson in life right here. And sure enough, just. Two shot, all it took. This guy's down. And yeah, ended up like, I can't remember if it broke the guy's nose. He did something. Either broke the guy's nose or knocked out a tooth or did something. But just like wrecked this guy in two shots and like put him down and like could have hit him again, but he didn't. He just sort of like, I told you. Like, what were you doing? Told ya. Yeah. Yeah. And no one felt sorry for him. And this guy got peeled up by his teammates and oh yeah. And then because how the story, it was his tooth, now that I think about it. Because, as the story goes, oh, now this guy, oh, he was going to sue the guy for his dental bill. You know? And it's like, and everybody's like, no, 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 you started that whole thing. Like, no, you're not suing anybody. You know, whatever. He ended up, nothing happened. But, yeah, don't act like a dink all, all game. And then when you get put in your place, all of a sudden, now you're going to start suing people. I don't think so. Start suing people exactly. No, that's not how it works. No, but that he learned a valuable lesson in life that uh, be careful who you're running around on the ice with, and uh, especially when you you didn't have 800 penalty minutes in your junior A hockey career. <laughs> Maybe you should just relax and just you know just just play around. You know. Yeah, just just play. Don't uh, don't be running around too much here. No, but this, like you said, though, right? The same thing can happen in senior. I mean, the import, like obviously, a Chris McAllister, or whatever. Well, you don't need to really get clued in too much. That Chris McAllister will whip the shit out of you if you decide to fight him. That that's pretty self-explanatory. But uh, the the like you said, it's the unknown bull rider, the the bull rider guy on the side. Maybe you know, maybe that's the guy you got to watch for. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who stayed in uh, stayed in town all his life and just farms cattle and kind of had some pent up rage and grabbed him and yeah he said strongest guy he's ever encountered on the ice and he's playing my buddy's played with uh, Jay Banich and Tyler uh, Tanner Glass and guys like that when he was in midget sort of thing they played Sask first and that sort of thing and 
my buddy was on the same line as uh, Tanner Glass, I think, or Ryan had a fight with Tanner Glass. He was on the same line as Jay Banich, on the first line with Jay Banich in Sask first when he was 15, 16. There so I go. guess that's kind of cool. Yeah, and he, okay. said, he said he was a freaking man. 16, he was a man. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Huge. I can remember Banish when he played in Humboldt in junior A. Yeah. As a, as a big dude. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Of course, I was wondering. Yes, he did. He went on and played with the Laval Chiefs and, uh, yeah, played some East Coast League hockey. And yeah, he was a big guy. Like, he had to be 6'5, 6'6, for sure. Yeah. Oh, he was all 6'5, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he was, he was 6'4, 6'5 when he was 16, too. Yep. So. Yeah, so that's the thing. You start. It's funny when uh, when I knew we were going to talk a little bit about senior hockey. I just kind of clicked on the senior links there and just kind of scrolled through some of the rosters. Yeah, oh yeah, you see some of the names come up, and oh, I remember him from the WHL or from the SJHL. Like you said, Blaine Hallbig, I remember him from the SJHL, and yeah, and yeah. there's. Uh, I mean, not, probably for me, not so much anymore because I mean, the guys that I would know would all be in their forties and probably not playing anymore. But um, back in the nineties and stuff, when you know. They were late twenties, early thirties. You'd still seen the senior leagues littered with guys that were, had played junior A and WHL and stuff. And uh, yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be an interest. And I think back then, like every like all hockey, the I, the fighting rules weren't as intense as they are now. Like I think you actually get suspended if you fight now. Yeah, I think you do. Uh, before, like in two thousand era, it was. Uh... Five in a game or something like that. Five and you got kicked out. Sort yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah. You just kicked out, whatever. And see you, see you next game. Now I think oh, all yeah. it's one game, and if you fight again, and then it's two games, and then three games, and I think oh, then we got to have a league meeting, and oh god, yeah. So I think the the fighting's kind of really been dialed down. But every once in a while, I know there was a video making the rounds here about a month ago of a line brawl somewhere in a Saskatchewan senior league. I think it's actually what uh, is. I think we've got you and I talking about. Talking about senior hockey on an episode, I think it was you I was talking to. Maybe it wasn't, but it was a it was a brawl in a senior game in Saskatchewan. Anyway, who was that? Was it was it Meadow Lake? I believe. Uh, was for, it that far north? It was north. Uh, yeah, I think. Oh, was, um, Battlefords. Possibly, it was a line brawl. They I all fought was, though. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, the old, uh, so senior hockey folks, I can tell you, uh, in Saskatchewan, and probably for all, a lot of the Western, well, for all the, probably, across Canada, I'm sure it's, everyone goes, has this, but, uh, yeah, like I said, 12, 13 leagues going strong, and small towns, and, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's supported better in some towns than others, but, yeah, they still draw a fairly large crowd, and I know from talking to some of the, like, old timers and stuff, like, back in the 70s, and 80s, like, it was a big deal. Like, it was town versus town. Well, and back then, of course, there's no there's no other distractions in life. Like, now there's a million other things on the go and people got shit to do. But back in the 70s or 80s, the whole town revolved around the rink and senior hockey. And that was, like, the yep. town's NHL. That was Hockey Night in Canada in, in Saskatchewan was senior hockey in these small towns. And like you said, it was Bruno versus Purdue and we're going to pack the rink. I'll bring your fucking, you know, your booze and your underneath your in your jacket and go eat some rink burgers and we want to see the locals win. And it was intense shit. 
It was it was serious stuff. And just going just going back to Derek Parker, uh, you said did he do any running around and that sort of thing? And I said that uh, him and Chris McAllister played Ross and Bruno sort of thing. Um, there was there was one time uh, we were out in Waldheim, the Prairie Outlaws, and there were, there was a, a playoff game. And the only time I saw him actually snap on somebody, and it wasn't a physical thing, it was more him just going buck wild on the side. I, I thought I'd go and, you know, talk to a buddy that was playing hockey there or whatever, and he came off the ice, and I didn't realize how big he was, like how thick he was. And we kind of were, the players came off the ice the same way as the, the fans left the, the stands. And I kind of got got beside my buddy and I was like, Hey, how's it going? Good game. Good game. And Derek Parker, I've never heard that many cuss words come out of a person's mouth in a sentence before he was mad at somebody at Prairie Outlaws and Prairie Outlaws was, um, they're out of Waldheim. They were a highly skilled team. They're fast, that sort of thing. And Bruno would grind you down. And uh, obviously they had Derek Parker on the team. They grind you down and kind of work their way. I think they lost that game, but Derek, totally went mental screaming and hollering at just in a general direction of prairie outlaws and the, everyone was straight straight eyed and wouldn't look at the area it, it was pretty intense i've never seen that before on a senior hockey game that that much emotion i guess for lack of a better term fired up fired up Derek parker yeah. Yeah. fired up Derek parker i actually wish i would have saw him play a little bit more of Bruno was playing all sorts of games and in provincials and stuff like that, but it would have been a treat to to see him play a little bit more. Yeah, like I was saying before, the Allen Cup. It's uh, I mean, I don't know how old the Allen Cup is. I mean, but it goes back decades, and uh, yeah, certain leagues would try. Uh, you would try to qualify for the Allen Cup, and you'd go on and on play provincials and such, and then yeah, and then all the. I don't know if every prop. Yeah, I guess every province. I think, or maybe not every province is represented, but there'd be you know six six or so teams would go to a host city and they would play for the Allen Cup. And uh, actually, the final in the last bunch of years has, is on TSN. The final. I remember I've watched it a few times, and it's it's good hockey. And I mean, you had like Ryan Smith and guys like that coming back to play in it, and uh, with uh, was it kind of Whitby and. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, Stony Plain, you know these are kind of the uh, the Whitley or no, what is it? Uh, who are the generals? Um, who is it? I'm just looking here. Yeah, Lacombe. Yeah, Lacombe. Um, yeah, and I'm trying to ah, there's been uh, some legendary senior teams. Um, Bentley. That's what I'm trying to think of. The Bentley uh, generals. Is it Bentley generals? I'm I'm drawing a this- blank. This goes back to 1909. It looks like. Yeah. Well, there you go. Like it. Uh, yeah. Like it's. Um, yeah, the Bentley Generals. It. Um, yeah, like the Allen Cup is a is a huge deal, and uh, yeah, like I said, it's the Stanley Cup of senior hockey. So yeah, you'd have teams trying to qualify to make it that uh, you know they'll definitely bring in imports and spend some big money to get these guys, and it's a it's a big deal for sure. It's pretty good hockey too. Like it's for old, older guys, it's uh, it's pretty fast and skilled, like and and physical too. Oh yeah, yeah. Like when that game was on TSN, the, the when I was watching it, like yeah, they were finishing checks and guys were yeah, it was serious. Oh, I can tell you one thing, and I'm not fucking 
oh, here's Darren eye roll, whatever. You watch that. You watch the senior final of the Allen Cup. I mean, we're goddamn hitting in a friggin' Leaf game on Hockey Night in Canada. I'll tell you that. Yeah, these guys will finish their checks. They're not. They're not. You know, they're not uh, just uh, throwing snow in the corner. No, they went out and finished their checks and uh, played the man, and it, it's uh, pretty good hockey. It's entertaining, that's for sure. No, absolutely. If you ever get a chance to go, folks, go to an Allen Cup game. Yes. Can you, on the Canadian side here, go to an Allen Cup game and enjoy yourself because these guys, this is their Stanley Cup, and they just love to do it. No, absolutely. It's like a pride thing, right? It's like, yeah, these guys are out here, yeah. you know, and it's like holding on to the dream just a little longer. And it's like, yeah, they got to get up and go to work on Monday morning, but they're going to fucking finish that check in the corner Friday night. Right. So yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's good hockey. Yep. For, for sure. And, uh, like I said, if, if actually, if people go and look at the Allen cup or whatever, and go look at the rosters of the teams that were, go look at the rosters of the teams competing for it. You'll, you'll see like Pat Falloon was in it and like ex NHL guys. And <coughs> yeah, so the, you'll know people for sure. But, I want to say like like years ago, like maybe even a Rich Pilon was in there. Yeah, in the Saskatoon team, the Rivermen or whatever they were called. Yeah, the, yep, yep, Saskatoon Rivermen. They were playing in the Wild Goose League. Yeah, yeah, yep. They uh, so they that, lo- that would they, be like senior A sort of thing. Yeah, they loaded up for sure. Yep. Well, there, there's our senior hockey portion of the show. Now, what are we going to talk about? I could go on forever. What about John Baduke? He played in uh, Drake. There's another tough name. There you go. That's a guy I want to get on the show. Um, I would love that. Yeah, Tony. I know you're listening to this. You keep telling me you were talking to him. I need to get the. Yeah, I need to get John Baduke's phone number from you. Yeah, because I'll I'll get old Duker on the phone here. Why not, man? That guy's a legend. Hell, his number's retired in Syracuse. Total legend. Even up in these parts. Um, years ago, my my dad would work for crop insurance, and he John was farming out by Watson, I think. Yep. Yeah, I think it was Watson. He went out there and was chatting with him, whatever. And that was the same time I was getting into hockey violence. Actually, quick story: I got into hockey violence around grade eleven, sort of thing. And uh, my dad came home and he was telling me about John Baduke, and I was like, "Well, that name rings a bell." So I went on and I was like, "Yeah, this is the guy that I was thinking of." And uh, he was like, oh, I'll go back and say you're interested. And he, John was telling him stories, and he said he came back to Saskatchewan to get away from kind of hockey and that sort of thing, but still wanted to play senior hockey while he was farming. And uh, he tried out for a team in the Western Ho- or, uh, Wheatland Hockey League. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, Lake Lenore, not, not too far from Watson. And uh, came back and told his wife, he's like, I don't think I'm going to fit in there. It's Wheatland Hockey League's a little bit like too rough right now. So he went to go play with Drake. And this is John Baduke saying that a league is too rough at that time. So he went to play with Drake, who is kind of a skilled team, fast skilled team. And uh, Baduke was telling my dad that there was times that his wife would be in the stands watching games and be more loud, violent talk than John was on the ice. And it was, it was kind of funny. I was like, holy smokes, like, really? Your wife must be a peach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, John played uh, in Drake, I believe. Drake Canucks. Uh, the Long Lake Hockey League. There you go. 
for Roger, a couple of years anyway. I just found it funny that he thought the other league was too rough. Yeah, that, that's and, and that, my, my dad's not a bullshitter, and he came back and told me that. I was like, yeah, right, this is John Baduke. Like, can manhandle almost anyone on the ice there. And, no, he said he didn't want to play with Lake Lenoir. It was uh, a little bit too much for him. Yeah, well, I mean, at that point, I mean, he'd probably be in his late 30s, and it's just like he's done all yeah, that totally. fighting. And it's just like, I just, I mean, I get what he was probably saying. Yeah, it's just I don't want to do this anymore. Like, yeah, I did it for, yeah. well, since he was 16, and it's like, yeah, I'm done. You know, I get it, you know. But at the same time, he doesn't want to play rack, because that's, you know, you want some physical play, I'm sure. So, uh, you know, I, I could see where he was coming from. But, yeah. No, totally. It's just one of those things where it's uh, too much and doesn't want to do it anymore, and that that's it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'd love to get John Baduke on the show, because, man, He'd have some stories for sure. I mean, all those years in the Western League and then playing pro and climbing the penalty box glass there at Syracuse. Or no, it was the East Coast League that game. And yeah, that'd be... Uh, Orlando or whatever? Yeah, yeah. He, uh, yeah, that would have been there. Tallahassee. He was a Tallahassee Tiger Shark. Tallahassee, yeah. Him and, uh, Louis, him and Louis Bedard just going nuts. Yeah, that... Uh, yeah, he'd be, he'd be an interesting dude to talk to for sure. So I'm just looking at his stats. So he played there, Regina, Victoria, Syracuse, there, Wheeling. And then on the bottom it says the Drake Canucks of the LLHL, Long Lake Hockey League. There you go. 23 games, not 21 games, 99 penalty minutes in his last season. And he still put up 17 goals. Let's see. Wow, well, so he still had a little fire left in him. He wasn't completely. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Still clipping along at five a and game. So- yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, but I would definitely. I was just, I was looking. Sorry, Darren. I was looking through names on here of uh, the Long Lake Hockey League because I knew it was a highly skilled, kind of a tougher league. And uh, a name that rung a bell here. Maybe we could t- touch on that for a minute. Was uh, Ryland Brookbank? I wonder if that's Lee's kid. He's playing in L- L- uh, Lanigan. I, oh yeah, for sure it would be. Yeah. Have to be, yeah. Yeah. Because I think Lee's farming out, out that area. Yeah, and he would have the older kids. Cause, and Sheldon, yeah. Because Sheldon and Wade are all down in the States still. So, yeah. They're down in the States. I think Lee's still up here. Yeah, he is. Yeah, because I still got I got all those videotapes sitting here. Uh, Lee, if you're listening, come get your VHS tapes. I'll bring them to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lee's a good dude. And apparently, I asked when yeah. I said, I've heard he was the, somebody told me he was the toughest of the three. Brookbanks. Yeah. That's what I've heard too, yeah. Yeah, well he wasn't afraid to picked up three hundred minutes a couple seasons in the in the SJHL. But uh No, not at all. Yeah, actually when I picked up the VHS tapes from him we sat and talked in the Home Depot parking lot for probably half an hour. He's a good guy. <laughs> he was a good dude. Um Yeah, all those Brookbanks are really good. The dad's really good and uh yep. all those boys are pretty good people. Yeah, very very nice family. I've been fortunate enough to have Wade on the show a couple times. Very nice guy. Um, yeah. No, the f- fucking Brookbanks. Yep. Tremendous. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so I would assume that it's probably, well, someone out there, it's a son or a cousin or something, for sure, if it's Lang or a or cousin a or Lanigan, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's one of those names that kind of sticks out to you, and you're like, Brookbank, that's got to be tough, eh? Yeah, I would think so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's got to be some toughness there, for sure. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, um, here, here comes the portion of the show. Now what? We're a real professional outfit here, folks. I actually was just sort of, uh, when I got Dave on the phone, we yapped and yapped and then basically just hit record and kept talking. So I really didn't have any format set up for this show. Well, actually, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring up, I know he's, and I think he's your favorite fighter. And I know I've, uh, when, when I did meet you, I know I gave you a DVD um, of, Rick, oh, yeah. of Rick Rippin. Yes. Oh, and then to top it all off, though, here's yes. Dave. I give him the DVD. He goes, oh, I love the DVD. But why did you have to put ACDC on it? Fuck, he's all hot at me for <laughs> the ACDC video. Fuck, he, all this, I give him the fucking, one of the best that. fight DVDs ever. And he's bitching to me about the music intro. I was like, holy fuck, tough crowd. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't some underground goth group or something. I don't know. Uh, hey, easy. That, that was yesteryear. Yeah, it wasn't some fucking industrial music or something. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I should have put some Adelaide on there or something. Yeah. Shut up, Dave, and like what you get. That's a tremendous DVD, though. It is a great DVD. And yeah. it shows it shows what Rick Riffin can do in different... In different scenarios, like you, you have a you have quite the collection on that DVD, and it shows him in different scenarios. And if you watch closely to just what Rick's doing, it, his boxing is so prominent in this. Like I was telling you before, where I think we were texting a couple days ago, the way he can block a punch, come up and block a punch, and then load up to the body. Yeah. That's like boxing one hundred and one sort of thing. It's just it was just fantastic to watch this kid fight and do his thing on the ice and it's really it's just a shame that what happened and everything like that and and um the way the way it all came about that sort of thing but rick just seemed like one of those guys that you could just hang out with and talk life talk hockey talk whatever sort of thing but the way he fought and i i believe i believe it was you i I said something about the instinct of um uh nick last name patio yeah there we go and uh, the, not necessarily the way he fought, but the instinct he had as a boxer. And I and I, I watched a couple of Fio2 um, uh, videos, and I thought, it's the same instinct. Like, these boxing guys are just fantastic to watch. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I've never seen... Yeah, well, first, to go back to this DVD that I'm talking about, I, I am certainly not going to take credit for it. Uh, my boy Chris in Vancouver was the one that put all that DVD together, and he did a great job. And and Chris is the Thanks, ACDC Chris. fan, you know. Uh, so Dave says, fuck you and your musical taste, Chris. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but you do make a heck of a fight DVD. But um, Yes, you do. Yes. Well, if anybody's listening out there and you're interested, um, I have uploaded the Rick Rippin DVD to my uh file sharing so if anybody wants the rick rip and dvd I'll, I'll i shouldn't say that i'll run it by chris first i'm sure he won't have a problem with it but i would be willing to share it with people if you're interested it starts with the regina paths and goes through the american league with the moose and then on to the nhl um you know i mean i'm not claiming it has every one of his fights because it doesn't because some of the footage just isn't out there but it is the most complete rick rip and dvd you're going to get so and uh and unfortunately it would have been nice to obviously add more footage to it, but uh, it's unfortunate the circumstances around Rick Rippin. But um, having when we were talking about that, um, I went back and revisited some of those fights, um, 
And it's a shame. Like, from a selfish standpoint, it would have been... I would have loved to have sat down and, and done a show like this with Rick Rippin. And just... And, and had his... Because how he developed that style. Because he didn't fight like that in junior. It was only once... No, he, he didn't. Once he got to the American League and got into the... With the Canucks, he started putting the elbow up and that, that block with the side of his head. And so, so he obviously was training with someone. Someone gave this to him and they worked on it. And I've never... It's funny because like you said, I've never seen anybody fight like that. And there's been guys at a box before. And I get what you're saying with the Fatio comparison. That Yeah, kind of. But it was, it's also, it's kind of different because obviously Fatio's so much bigger than Rippon was. But I think Nick's like yes. 6'2 and like, you know, 230. Whereas Rick was probably, what, 5'10? You know, 185, 190. 185, yeah. sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's different because obviously he'd be reaching up, whereas Nick would be eye level to guys, you know, and where, so, but it was interesting to see how, yeah, he would, like, so he obviously took, some sort of either boxing or MMA, or probably both nowadays, I guess. But, um, yeah, I've never seen anyone fight like that. And I think if uh, for anybody out there that's not really familiar with Rick Rippon or just, you know, in passing, you've watched him and you, you're kind of like, what are you guys talking about? I would say one of the very best fights to go watch to demonstrate what I'm talking about is either his fight with Boris Velebic or his fight with Hal Gill. Because they're really two really big guys, probably more Velebic. Go watch that fight. Yeah, all, all his, fight. yeah, yeah, all this shit's on YouTube. And Vilevic's like six foot six or whatever. A massive dude. And go watch that fight. And you can see Rippon really doing a lot of the blocking with his arms. And then coming back, like a lot of counter-punching and shit. And like you said, yeah, very... Obviously some boxing instincts there. I'm just watching that fight so I can... Not not critique it by any stretch of the imaginations, but just watch to see what Rick does with when Boris throws a punch, and to watch him block and then load up for a punch, yeah. all in one motion. Yeah, and, and it, it's it's yeah, and it'd be really interesting to talk with him, uh, or would have been interesting to talk to him about like where he got that 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 idea from. Like like I said, obviously he trained one summer with someone. That either either that or on his own, he was watching tape or something and said, yeah, you know what I should do? You know, because he wasn't doing it when he first started with Regina and stuff. So, Well, if I'm familiar with it, I believe his dad owned boxing rings in BC. Well, there you go. And now I can't, I can't remember what his dad's name was. His brother's Wes, right? Yep. Yeah, his brother's Wes. And I'm pretty sure his dad was a boxer or a gold gloves boxer in Canada. But he owned boxing rings around there. And you can tell, like, I, I, I was yapping there and I missed the fight. Stupid me. But you can tell where that boxing pedigree comes from. And I'm, I'm almost positive that his dad owned boxing, boxing rings in BC. Well, that would make sense. Now that you're saying this, that makes sense because of the way he fought. And it's interesting because now you say, because I know West is his brother and stuff. And West had, West did yeah. a lot of fighting in the Western League. Um, I know the one year he had like 40 fights with Calgary or something. Um, but there isn't a lot of footage. I do have some West Ripon fights, though. That's inter- I've never, I never actually thought about going. I don't think West did that, though, with his arm. I don't think he did the, he might have. I don't, I don't know now that I'm, maybe I shouldn't say I don't, because I don't know. But yeah, with Rick Ripon, it was always really interesting, that arm block. It reminded me, it's interesting when like, you go, when you go through the history of like fighting and stuff, certain guys just had these different moves. 
that no one else was doing. Like I can remember back in the day, Dodie Wood was a smaller guy. He oh was, yeah. He was the first one I ever saw do the duck under the arm thing. Like when someone had him locked out and he'd duck under their arm and come over top. I've never seen anyone do that. The only other guy I've ever seen do that was Huxley. And he got that from Dodie Wood from watching Wood fights. He got yep. that. Yeah. And I'd never seen anyone do that before. And I'm not saying no one had ever done it before. But like doing it on a regular basis, Dodie Wood was the first guy that I ever saw do that. And then Huxley, obviously, afterwards. Same thing with Rippon. I never saw anybody that... I mean, there was guys that obviously had bo- that would have done boxing and had boxing backgrounds, maybe that would do the you know roll with it and that type of thing. But as far as the arm blocking thing, I've never seen anybody do that. No, that Volabic fight, I just finished it. He actually Volabic actually waits for him to drop his arm, and that's when Rick can counter with another punch or another another quick move to get him to or like a quick feint to get him to react. So and. He had him on. A, he had Volavik on his knees, and Volavik is all of six five, sort of thing. Oh yeah. So it's uh, that's a good fight to watch if you're looking into a little bit of Rick Rippin, um, footage. Yeah, like if people are just wondering, like what I keep talking about with the arm block, you'll see what I mean if you watch that, or basically just go watch any Rippin fight when he's with the Canucks. You'll see him. He does it all the time with this arm blocking thing, and it's like, yeah. It's very effective. Like, if you watch it, it's like, yeah. And it's, um, you, you know, and it's obviously at his size, It's a, especially in the NHL, it's a survival thing as well, you know. Oh, yeah, like, just to protect your jaw, and I've, um, I've been in uh, kickboxing and Muay Thai for seven years, previous seven years, so I, I know where where to protect and where to where to help myself out, sort of thing. You know, once you throw that right to get your hand back, sort of thing to to protect the side of your head, to protect your jaw, to protect your cheek, and to protect the back of your ear, where it's knockout city, sort of thing. Yep. Yeah. And it was like, and like you said, I, Rippin's the only guy that I've ever seen. I mean, there's obviously guys that probably blocked or did whatever, but to do it that pronounced, all like. And make it a habit of doing that, and like incorporating that into an actual fighting style. Um, yeah, he was definitely the only guy that I've well before or since. I don't. I haven't seen anybody really do that. And he was so calculated with it too. He knew exactly when to to slam that arm up and when to load up for a punch on that right side because he didn't have the longest. Obviously, he's five ten, five eleven. He didn't have the longest reach. But even with this Volavic fight, when Volavic was gearing up to punch him. Rick was moving to get into range to hit him again and get in close. And then he just brought Vlavic down and that was the end of it. I guess that would be a majority for, he didn't knock him out or TKO him or anything. That would be a majority decision for, for Rick as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, and that, yeah. And like I said, it's just, a, it was, um, yeah, I just, you know, every, every time you talk about Rip and it's just a sad, it's just sad. Right. And it's, uh, you know, and then it's, uh, and then you watch that fight DVD and it, and it just leaves you wanting so much more, right? It's just like, oh, yeah. fuck, fuck, you know, like what, because it would have been interesting just to see how his career prolonged, because I believe the, the summer he, he died, I believe he had signed an extension with, with Vancouver, did he not? I think they were sending him back down to Manitoba. Oh, all right. Or, or it was something like that. He was in the system anyway. 
I want to say he signed something, though. He just signed another contract or whatever. Like, it was just, yeah, it's just too bad. And, um, yeah, well, like I said, as I'm sitting here staring at my Rick Rippin bobblehead, yeah, it, um, it's too bad. Yeah, sad story. And, yeah, it was, uh, I'll never forget that day, that's for sure. He was one of my favorites, and when I heard that news, I was kind of bummed out for a while, so. Yeah, well, you but, know, uh, yeah, young kid like that, you know, and just with the whole circumstances surrounding it, and um, obviously had mental health issues, like, going way back, well before. I know a lot of people want to, yeah. oh, it's from the fighting. No, it wasn't. He had it way before that, so, you know, it um, had nothing to do with fighting. But, um I mean, the media made it sound like it was, but no. But, yeah, it's just, it's really too bad. and Yeah, but, again, if, if anybody out there is interested in the Rick Rippin DVD that uh, Chris made, let me know, and I, I will definitely hook you up with the, with the DVD that we're talking about. But in the meantime, if you don't, obviously, go on YouTube and check out some Rick Rippin stuff, you'll be, if, uh, if, if you folks out there have not got, because I think, it's, and I think, sadly, um, uh, I don't, he's forgotten is that I don't want to say he's forgotten. That's, that's kind of a, such a harsh term to use. I don't mean it in that sense, but, um, at the same time, it's been, um, 11 years, 12 years, right. Since he played and since he died, which is hard to believe. It's yeah. Been, 11 years. Yeah. Which is hard to believe. So, yeah. So a lot, you know, that's a lot of the younger generation. Like, if you're 20 years old, you were 10 when he died. Like, you didn't know who Rick Rippin was at the time. So a lot of these people, maybe mm-hmm. some of these people, or the, the people in their 20s, you know, they, they weren't really paying attention then, so they don't really know, and they're listening to this show right now. They're like, I've heard the name. You know, they might be, I, I've heard the name. But do yourself a favor and go down the Rick Rippin rabbit. Well, do yourself a favor and get the DVD link from me to begin with. But if you don't do that, at least go, in the meantime, go to YouTube as you're listening to this show. And um, go down the Rick Rip and rabbit hole. Believe me, you will be entertained. Like, he was awesome. Yeah, he was really something else. And the, just the way he did it was was unprecedented and really entertaining to watch. And uh, he is the guy's missed. Yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely. Well, and that's the thing. And it's not. And from and now to put on like the little fight the fight nerd hat. I mean, not only was he kind of an undersized guy, like we said, 5'10", 5'11", you know, 185, 190. Um, but just, you know, the way he fought, he was so unique. That's the big thing, he was unique. That's what I always say, like uh, like a guy like Morasti was really unique. Just because the size that he was and the way he fought. Dodie Wood with the under-the-arm duck thing was a unique thing. Yeah. So, so it's like these, like Domi like Ty Domi with the spin thing, you know, they all had like, when you're kind of an undersized guy, you gotta, you gotta come up with some shit, you know? So it's like these undersized guys, well, unless you're morassy, then you just stick your head out and go for it and whatever. But, but even him, I mean, I had never seen anybody mid fight start waving to the crowd, you know, or, or start kind of really doing like wrestling shit in the middle of a fight. I had never seen anyone do that before. Like, they always, I, he was, no, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Darren. No, I was going to say... He's from Meadow Lake, right? He is. Yeah, he is. Yeah. That's Meadow Lake, right? H- him and Yablonski. Yeah, they're from Meadow Lake. No, Yablonski, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I had never... Like, I had seen guys do that shit when the fight was over. 
you know, wave to the crowd and do all that shit. I'd never seen anybody do it halfway through the freaking fight, you know. And uh, so I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, so yeah, some of these little guys had to come up with some like unique shit, right? And um, Rippin's technical style was unbelievable. Yeah. Big fan. And it's a sad story. Yeah, but, me, me uh, too, absolutely. Yeah, but it's uh, it's it's fun to go back and for sure. So hey, you were saying before you got going, you have a bunch of your, you had a, you were staring at a bunch of your old hockey cards. What do you got lying around? Oh there? yeah, I have, I have all my cement in a binder. I was going through them last night. And I was picking through cards and stuff like that, and I've got some peaches in here, Darren. We have to get together for a beer, and uh, I still got a box of cards for you too. I know, I know. Why? Well, and see, this is the thing, folks. And yeah, I actually have, I have something sitting here for you. So, you Ooh, know. well, and see wait. now, now that you've come taking time out and you've come on my show, it's like, ah, fuck. Now, now I kind of owe it to you. So, all right. It's like, what do they say on the Price is Right? You didn't win, but you'll get some nice parting gifts. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you're you not, go. You're not winning much today, but I'll give you some parting gifts. Yeah. So, yeah, we got to meet up somewhere. Maybe we'll go to the Bruno Bar. I'm going to make you buy this time, though. Oh, that, that's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can do that, absolutely. Oh, yeah, the last time you bought. Yeah, no, it's my turn. Yeah, we'll meet up at Birmingham's or something and uh, and uh, drink our sorrows away. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to bring you out to Martinsville. I got to live in this town after. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sending. I'm just looking at the <laughs> pic, the picture you sent me here. What are we, What are we looking at here? What do we got? Oh well, first of all, oh, I, I, I got a comment though on the Terry Roskowski card. There you go, Roscoe. Good start. Yeah, I got a little bit of that. I got some odds and ends in here. Nothing too special, but uh, like like I said, it's cement. Garnet XLB. That's a I, I believe that's a Saskatoon blade, former Saskatoon blade there. Indeed. Yep. yep. That was a tough cat back. Uh, talking about Boris Falavik, he's sitting front and center right here. Yep. We get the we get the Link Gates rookie card. There you go. The the missing. I don't link. know if I have that or not. Yeah, you do. You took a picture. Oh yeah, of it. I got that right, right, right in the corner. Yeah, right in the corner. Yeah. And along with Dan Cordick. There you go, Ronnie Stern. Dan Cordick. I'm telling you, folks, for the folks listening, Ron Stern, that is an underrated motherfucker right there. If you want to be entertained, go look up some Ronnie Stern fights. I'm telling you now, go do that. Ronnie Stern versus Mike Eagles, Fourth Line Voice YouTube. Go check that shit out. Tremendous. Ron Stern. He's one of those guys. He was like. Uh, you know, back in the '90s or whatever, he's like kind of he was Robin to Sandy McCarthy's Batman or whatever. He was uh, the sidekick, but man, <laughs> he's wide open. He could go. Not a bad player either. Jim McKenzie, tremendous. Yeah, Dan Cordick. Yeah, I mean Dan always Just sort of gets, good, gets overshadowed by his brother, but Dan was a pretty bad dude too. I, I believe he's an assistant coach with the Alberta Golden Bears now. I believe. Oh, really? I believe so. Yes. Oh. Bring some toughness into the uh, into the college into Edmonton there. Yeah, yeah, well, college. Yeah, because they're from Edmonton, right? So, uh, yeah, I believe yeah. Dan is uh, coaching there. Makes sense to me. Yep. Just looking at one card I have here: Trevor Gillies, Portland Pirates, a Heroes and Prospects card. There I you take go. Take a picture of this for you. It's kind of funny. Oh, I got 50 it. Fifty games played, two goals, three assists, one hundred and sixty-nine penalty minutes. 
There you go. His first goal of the opening uh, uh, the season opened the scoring, assisted by Ryan Shannon, whoever that is, and Zenin Kanopka. So yep. they're playing on the same line. That's tough as nails right there. I wouldn't want to mess with you guys. No, absolutely. Yeah, Z. Yeah, Gillies, heroes of prospects. Yeah, he was not a hero nor a pro- He went from a prospect to a suspect pretty quick. I don't know how much of a prospect <laughs> Trevor Gillies was, but uh, yeah. I, I kind of thought you'd get a kick out of that one. That one's a good one. Uh, Lyle Odeline. There's yeah. a name that doesn't get brought up enough, I don't think. He was he was a tough, solid defenseman for the Canadians for a few years there. A bunch of years, actually. Oh, yeah. Odeline played. He freaking played forever. He, um, yeah, I, you know, I agree. He's he's a guy that certainly doesn't get talked about. Yeah, just look at a thousand NHL games. I mean, fuck. You know, but yeah, he, um, yeah, he wasn't the biggest dude, but he fought everybody. And it was funny growing up because uh, he played, obviously, in the early 90s. Uh, kind of right when I was getting, you know, high school, getting the fight DVDs and stuff, or, well, VHS tapes at the time. Um, yeah. And, of course, being in Montreal, he was on Hockey Night in Canada all the time. And I don't know, for whatever reason, I hated Lyle Odeline. I hated him. We'd watch it. I'm like, motherfucker, somebody just beat this guy's ass already. But he was a real, <laughs> but he was an undersized kind of, well, undersized, maybe 5'10", 5, 5, well, I know he's 5'10". 5'10", 5'11". I've, 10, met, 10, 5, 11, I've yeah. met him before, and we were eye-to-eye, so I know he's 5'10". But, uh... But he was an in-shape guy, but he was not big, and he's not imposing at all when you meet him. Like, he's just like an in-shape 5'10 guy, right? But it was like, so I put him out in the, on, in the NHL, you know, fighting Probert and all these guys. Like, yeah, he was definitely undersized. But um, but a technical guy, like, he, he, he'd kind of grapple a little bit, but wasn't a, never backed down, did it a long time, and uh, did, I mean, much more fighting in Montreal. Like, I mean, he went on to New Jersey and Columbus and all that later on, and Obviously dialed down the fighting as his career went on, but yeah, those first like six years that he played in Montreal, 200 minutes every year and, you know, and fought everybody. And as I've gotten older, I appreciate those guys now. Now I watch it. I, I watch it with a different, with a maybe, I don't want to say more mature because that could, there's people in this house that would debate if I was more mature, but I'm <laughs> older anyway, I'd like to think a little more wiser eyes than I used to have. But uh, so I appreciate him now, but at the time growing up, I was not a fan. That when I met him, he was kind of a dick. But uh, he uh, he's supposed to be a nice guy. But when I met him, he was kind of a fucking clown. But um, yeah, he uh, he was a tough dude though for sure. Yeah, and he wasn't even the toughest one of the family. I think Selmer was tougher. Yeah, well, what was the other one? Lee, I believe. His brother Lee, Lee Selmer, and Lyle. Well, yeah, they all went on to play yeah, pro Lee, hockey. Yeah, Selmer and Lyle. Yeah. And I think Selmer Summer was tough as Summer was tough as nails too. I think he still farms out by Quill Lake. Yeah, and I want to say he was he was a yeah. I was gonna say he was a high pick by Edmonton. Yeah, there you go. First round, twenty first overall in eighty four. Yeah, yeah. He played eight. He only played eighteen games. Then well, only he still made the NHL, but eighteen games with the Oilers. Yeah, but he. Uh, yeah, I played with the Regina Pats. Yeah, 64 games, 24 goals, 59 points, 121 minutes, and he was a defenseman. So, yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Different time back then, yeah, in the 84 with the Pats. So that would have been right when Mark Jansons was playing, um, Stu Grimson. Uh, yeah, just kind of looking at the roster, man. They had a tough team back then. Oof. Doug Trapp. There you go for the Oiler fans out there. Bear Trapp's dad. Doug played with the Regina Pats back in the day and was a hell of a player. 
Uh, Kerry Clark was playing with... Oh, well, I got to say, I'm looking at the roster. Yeah, Brad Horning was 15 years old. The late Brad Horning, I see. Oh, really? I see he passed away two days ago. So rest in peace, Brad Horning. It was actually too bad. I, uh, you know, it's too young for that. 52 years old. But uh, I had talked to Brad on Twitter privately uh, a while back. And uh, that's a shame. But yeah, he played a couple of seasons with Regina and uh, unfortunately was uh, paralyzed. But uh, yeah, I saw that he passed away a couple of days ago. That's too bad. But uh, yeah, yeah he, too bad. Yeah, he was on that team with Selmar and them. Yeah, oh, Brad. Yeah, yeah. he was. He was only 15 the year I'm looking at here, but he was a hell of a player. Um, you know, a couple of years later, 61 games, 66 points, and yeah. But uh, yeah, man, Regina back then. Yeah, Mark Jansons. There's another guy, underrated. Yeah, I mean, he played. He had a hell of an NHL career too, 700 games. But Mark Jansons, uh, you know, didn't fight often, often. But when he did, man, wide open and just uh, give her shit, man. He was awesome. Mark Jansons versus Cam Russell. There you go, folks. Look that one up on YouTube. Yeah, he wasn't the biggest guy either, was he? Yeah, Jansons was pretty big. He's six three. Yeah, he's a big. Was dude. he okay? I'm thinking of somebody else then. You're, well, Cam, you might be thinking of Cam Jansen. He wasn't very big, yeah. But uh, there we go, Cam Jansen. Yeah. yeah, he's wide open too. But I think he's only about six feet. But uh, yeah, he uh, Mark Jansen's solid player. Yeah, and I believe uh, I I want to don't quote me on this, but I believe I read just an offhanded fact here that uh, the day that the World Trade Center. All that happened. He was actually, he worked in the World Trade Center, but he wasn't there that day. Yeah, I think he had phoned in sick or something, or he, had, or he was late coming to work as the planes hit the World Trade Center. Mark no, Jansen. Jesus, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe. I read that somewhere. So that's, or he worked in the, what, worked at the Trade Center. He just wasn't there that day or something. I can't remember, but yeah, that's pretty wild. But, uh, yeah. That uh, but yeah, Mark Jansen's underrated cat man. He he was a tough dude. Who else you got sitting in that binder? Oh, I got a few other ones. I was just checking a, a name that I haven't heard for a while. He played hockey against my cousin, actually. Uh, more of a um, a recent name, I guess. He wasn't the biggest guy. He was ornery as hell. I don't know where he's playing now. He's about six feet, one hundred and seventy pounds. Tanner Lasan. He ah. played in Swift Current for a while. Oh. What a nut bar. Oh. He was fun to watch. Tremendous. What a name. Fuck, look at you dropping names. Folks, I, I actually did, <laughs> way back when, I did an episode, and I did kind of these uh, player spotlights, and he was one of the guys I talked about. Um, he is one of these guys, yeah, he's of course he's part of the internet generation when everything that they do is on video. So you guys are in luck. Tanner Lasan, L-E-S-A-N-N. I'm not lying to you people. I've never lied to the listeners. I'm not lying now. Hockeyfights.com, uh, as much as I hate promoting them, I'll put them over right now. If you type in Tanner Lasan on their website, they'll have all of his fights from all from Swift Current. I think he played three years in Swift Current. Go look that motherfucker up. Believe me, you will. That is entertainment for hours. He was an undersized again. We're, look at us. We're talking about all the undersized guys. We're giving them press today. But he's like he was like five foot ten. But wide open, unbelievable. Tanner Lasan. I always wish that guy had turned pro and went on and played pro because I would have loved to have seen him in the East Coast League or something like that because he was awesome. Yeah, awesome, like a real he carrot hunt. So vibe. much fun to watch. Oh, tremendous. 
kind of a dick, but uh, that's just uh, secondhand knowledge. Like a dick off the ice but, uh, or a dick playing? Dick playing. Well, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, not saying that it was bad, but it was just kind of he he would, but he could back it up, and yes. that, that's what was fun about watching Tanner. It was uh, uh, he he he'd poke and stick and fucking that sort of thing, and then when somebody dropped the gloves on him, he'd back it up, and he'd be wide open, and he'd put on a show. He might not win everything, but he sure didn't lose. No, absolutely. Yeah, and like I said, for the guy, for folks listening out there, Tanner Lasan, you will not be disappointed. Uh, yeah, three years of Swift Current and uh, poof. Yeah, wide open. And I believe, like you said, I, he played senior after, right? Or wasn't he playing junior B or something he, as a 20-year-old? He was playing junior junior B with the Saskatoon Royals? Yeah. Does that ring a bell as a 20-year-old? Yeah, You're, he played with my cousin, actually. My cousin was playing with uh, Delisle, I think. Yep. Yeah, Delisle. And uh, asked him a couple questions about Tanner, and he was like, I'm not even going to get close to him. He's nuts. Yeah, well. He's like, I don't blame you. Yeah, and well, that was the thing, especially back then, the like, well, not back then, because it wasn't that long ago. Like, it was like, what, 2015, 2016? It would be around there. Um, yeah, the, something like that. Yeah, the Junior B League had, had long since been gone are the days of jungle bee because i can remember that from the 90s i had friends that played with the royals and that league was insane how tough that league was and every team had two and three guys and there was a ton of fighting and they have since cleaned like everything they have since cleaned that league up and everything else and i don't think people really fight anymore and if you do you're suspended and oh god knows if you fight in the last 10 minutes holy shit they'll give you three to five years in the pen i think if you fight now but but back then, yeah, it was nuts in the 90s and the 80s and shit. They called Jungle B. But, um, yeah, so there's probably a lot of folks in the Junior B League that are probably lucky that it wasn't as crazy as it used to be because LaSam would have ran wild in that league. But, uh, yep. but, yeah, I think he was going to university and using his school bursary from the dub and then playing Junior B. But, uh, you know, which on, on you know, is, is a smart play on his part to use his schooling and, you know, obviously – if they're going to pay for school, go do that, especially in these times. But uh, from a selfish fight fan perspective, I would have loved to have seen him in the East Coast League for a season or two. Oh, that he would have found he would have found matches, and he he I don't think he might not have done it as well as he would have in the in the uh, WHL sort of thing. But just the, for sheer entertainment, he wouldn't have backed down. Oh hell no! Are we back now? Are we recording? Yes, we are recording. Okay, sorry, folks. I had to take a little pause. We're back out of here, Dave. Where were we? We were talking about Tanner Lasan. Yeah, we were talking about Tanner Lasan and the craziness that he uh, brought into the game of hockey. Every time he turned a corner, he got into a fight and he was wide open. Absolutely. Yep. He was fun to watch. Yeah, he was. And nobody, when he played in when he played in junior B, nobody would go near him. I think like they knew the name, they knew what he was, and he was a. Uh, he was one of those guys that guys just didn't they, – they they wouldn't put that extra oomph into the, the hit or anything like that. They just kind of bumped him and let him do his own thing or whatever. I don't think he fought too much in junior B or anything like that when uh, when I was watching. No, I mean, at that point, he's 20 and whatever. What's the point at that point? But, uh, yeah, well, like you said, well, and at, that, and at that time frame, right, of course, those guys – you literally could go on your phone and bring up all his fights, right? 
So it, it's not like yeah. the, the unknown guy that played back in 91 in the SJ and people don't know who he is. No, this one where you can actually, when video was all out there now at that time frame, you could you can watch all of Tanner Lassan's fights. So, yeah, he was uh, tremendous. And actually, well, folks, while you're looking those up, one of his teammates briefly in Swift Current was Dakota Odgers. And, uh, oh, yeah. Former fourth-line voice guest, tremendous guest, Dakota Odgers. Um, yeah, go watch watch Dakota, Jeff Odgers' son. I laugh because he's the same size as his dad and wore number 36 and only threw right hands just like his dad. He'd swear it's a spitting image of Jeff out there fighting. And he did a lot of fighting in the in the Western Hockey League as well with uh, uh, Vancouver, Swift Current, and uh, who else? And Moose Jaw. So, and he played at the same time LaSanne did. So, definitely look into Tanner LaSanne and Dakota Odgers' fights. So, what else is sitting in that binder you got there? I was looking, actually, a name popped out to me. I was just looking at Humble Broncos stuff here. What Where was I here? I was looking at Humble Humble Broncos uh, back when, like, Sheldon Dijelski played and Sheldon Brookbank and guys like that. They were kind of on the wild side of things. Dion Hyman, Jay Banich. Yes, they had quite the tough team in Humble. Jay Banich, yeah. Yep. I got to witness a couple, like, when um, closer to the playoffs, I think it was 2002 when one of the Roach boys was, were playing. Was yep. it 2002? Jordan Roach. There was yeah, 2002, folks. Jordan Roach. Um, Craig Olenek. Yeah. Wasn't very big, but... 56 games, 277 penalty minutes. Absolutely. Another little guy, I shouldn't say he's little, but he was um, short but stocky. Jeremy Ray. Have you ever heard of Jeremy Ray? I have. Yeah. Yeah. He was a wild one. 277 penalty minutes, same same year as uh, as um, Craig Olenek. But the guy could score too. He put put a couple points up. Yeah, he did. He yeah, he did. And uh, I know he played in uh, and it's Ray W R A Y, and uh, he went on yeah. and played in the United League with Richmond and uh, the Memphis River Kings in the Central League for a year. Um, so the UHL folks listening out there, you'll remember Jeremy Ray from the Richmond River Dogs. But uh, yeah, I played in Humboldt for a couple seasons. Put up uh, about five hundred minutes of penalties in two years. But like you said, that final year there, 51 games, he had 29 goals. So, uh, but yeah, not the biggest cat. They got him listed here at 5'8", 190. So, um, but yeah, tough tough little scrappy dude for sure. Yeah. Here's another name that, uh, another Olenek. I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's a cousin or something like that. Ryan Olenek. Okay. He, uh, I bel- he played with the Broncos for like, 20 games or something like that. And this just rings a bell for my buddy talking. He's from Humboldt from talking about him. But I think he played like 20 games and had like 100 penalty minutes or something like that. I'm just checking that out here. There. Yeah. Uh, hockey DB. Medicine Hat Tigers, 220 and 299 penalty minutes. Yep. So the guy could go. He, he was a wiry thing. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's um, yeah, there's definitely there's a few uh, old Linux running around. Um there's also a Michael Linick that we uh, that uh, Jay and I talked about who who played in the uh, United Hockey League as well. Um, but yeah, Ryan Olinick, yeah, Medicine Hat, and then uh, played in the uh, Alberta League in the SJ, and then he also played in Quad City briefly, and uh, and then went Memphis and Laredo and Oklahoma. 
But yeah, Medicine Hat, tough guy. Couple seasons there, 2000, 2001. Yeah, 299 minutes and 58 games. There you go. That's putting in some work. Eight points, he can he can put the puck. Six goals, he can put the puck in the net. Yep. Whether it be on whether it be on purpose or not. Well, you know, had some idea of what was going on out there. Had some idea what was going on. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, he played when. Uh, yeah, it's just. Yeah, well, the reason I, yeah, because he was there when uh, Bugard was in Medicine Hat and Scheffelmeyer. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine that? Scheffelmeyer and Bugard on the same team? Because for those that don't, Brett Scheffelmeyer was six foot six as well and played four years in the Western League and, you know, 200 minutes every year could throw down. Big dude. St. Louis Blues draft pick. But yeah, him and, him and Boogie and Ryan Olenek and, uh, yeah, that's a tough team. Well, and then, and Ryan, yeah. Hall, Ryan Hallwig, there's another guy. I mean, everybody remembers him running around with the Rangers and stuff. And but yeah, Junior and he was on that team. And yeah, definitely tough team. Just funny, we're talking about fighting and stuff. Obviously, I'm just watching the the, the lacrosse game, Toronto Rock and the Buffalo Bandits, and there was a scrap there, a couple uppercuts thrown, and a nice little tilt between two guys. You know, that was always wild, man. Those those lacrosse fights, because I mean, that's like a street fight, right? I mean, when you're on just yeah, in, basically, in, in yeah. shoes on a fucking cement floor, I mean, yeah, it's just a street fight at that point. So I always laugh how they fight like it's a hockey fight, though. That always kind of cracks me up. Yeah, they, they grab on and uh, arm posturing and stuff like that, and they just don't kind of go toe-to-toe. Well, one, once in a while, if you look, uh, we will get away from lacrosse in a second, um, I think I shared it with you at one point in time. A kid I coached in football. I'm a minor football coach here in Saskatoon. Um, if you YouTube it, if I can make my tablet work here properly, if you YouTube it, there's a lacrosse fight. Um, Logan Fisher, L-O-G-A-N-F-I-S-C-H-E-R. Logan Fisher lacrosse, and it should pop up. Yeah, it's the first one. Logan Fisher fights six foot four, two hundred and seventy pound Edmonton Warrior, there you and go. does fairly well for himself. Yeah, he does. Are you watching it? No, but I remember you sending it to me. Yeah, he was a uh, he was quite the running back for us when we when I coached eleven and twelve year olds here in the city in football. He was quite the athlete. He was a running back and linebacker for a while, and he uh, I don't think he ever played hockey, but he was quite a quite a lacrosse player. And then uh, went on to have uh, a cup of coffee with the Mets. There you go. I think he was maybe 17 at the time. Yeah, folks should uh, definitely look this up. Yeah, he's swinging up. Oh, jersey's off now. Now you're in one. And then a little bit back and forth at the end, and there you have it. Yeah, not bad at all. Yeah. Logan Fisher. Oh, yeah, it's funny. I was doing the YouTube. Thing. Oh, yeah, shit. I see, see an interview with Sarge. I better keep the volume down on that. There you go. Yeah, keep the volume down on that one. <laughs> yeah, let's go, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sarge. I love Sarge. Um, yeah, good, good, good guy. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But, yeah, they're, uh, yeah the, the lacrosse, man, there's some, um, there's been, over the years, man, there's some tough dudes. I remember, like, if you go down that lacrosse rabbit hole, um, I mean, I never played lacrosse, or I don't like—I don't know the guys or anything. But I know if you go back and watch, like the uh, there's some, those old BC tournaments with like the salmon bellies and stuff like that. It's legendary kind of fighters in the lacrosse scene back then, and yeah, there's some vicious lacrosse fights. 
Yeah, there's some there's some good ones, that's for sure. Did you ever play any lacrosse growing up? I didn't. I got into lacrosse. I moved to the city when I was 17 and uh, had cable or whatever, and I never had cable on the farm before. So I was uh, kind of got into it a little bit. We never we were a, a big broomball community sort of thing. Like yeah, some but buddies of mine, guys I went to school with, relatives and friends went internationally and nationally and stuff like that. I remember watching them uh, in nationals, I think, in Bruno. And uh, it kind of got into it with Quebec a little bit and back and forth, back and forth. There wasn't much going on. And Bruno beat him, I think. Bruno beat him? Yeah, Bruno beat him. And uh, one of the Quebec guys sucker punched in the in the handshake lineup. Sucker punched what guy I went to school with. And Cam was, he was my size, so he's six foot, 200 pounds. But he had bricks for hands, that guy. I don't know where it came from. Like, he's a tough cat sort of thing. And proceeded to pound the hell out of one of these Quebec guys. In the, in the handshake lineup. There you go. I was like, well, he must have been pissed off at something because the Quebec guy gave him a poke or something at the end and Cam grabbed him and that was the end of it. There you go, folks. Just another Saturday night in Bruno. There you go. But, yeah, just uh, another Saturday night in Bruno. It's probably a Tuesday night, actually, if it was Nationals. <laughs> well, see how uh, the Quebec guys were lucky it wasn't Saturday night. Yeah, they'd be fighting yeah, Bruno the whole town. But... Um, yeah. yeah, lacrosse is always weird because, I mean, it's it's big now with the Saskatoon Rush and it really got popular and they sell out Sask, which I never would have dreamed that they would sell out Sask Place for a lacrosse game. But, but yeah, they the Rush is big, popular here and everything else. And, I mean, yeah, growing up, never, never touched. I didn't know anybody that played lacrosse. I never touched the lacrosse stick. I've never thrown. I've never used. I've never touched the lacrosse I guess it's called a stick. That's how ignorant I am. A stick. I've, ne- I've never passed the ball. I've never done any of that. I mean, I would always be really cool. I mean, watching it now, it's like, holy shit, I wish we had had that. I mean, it looks awesome. Yeah. You know, feel full contact and running around. That'd be lots of fun. But yeah, I just, it was just never a thing growing up here. Of course, granted, I was growing up in the 80s, right? So yeah, we just didn't have lacrosse in Saskatoon. But I mean, now that the rush is here and they've been here for a few years, and I know now they, you know, there's lacrosse leagues and young kids are getting into it now, but. Yeah, we didn't have any yeah. of that. We didn't have that growing up, which is too bad because that would. It looks like it's a lot of fun, but yeah, I did watch it on TV. And I remember when they first put it on, and like the Toronto Rock, like TSN would always play yeah, the Rock. Toronto Rock. Yeah, because I mean it's Toronto TSN, whatever, of course. But back when the, the lacrosse league kind of first started up, I don't know when was that ten, fifteen years ago. They would play the Rock games a lot on TSN. I remember watching those, and there was quite a few fights. I mean, like I think. Probably like anything, I'm sure the fighting's been toned down a little bit in those lacrosse leagues, but um, at one time, there was a fair amount of fighting in the lacrosse leagues. Oh, yeah. Even up uh, when the when the rush first started in Saskatoon here, there was a fellow on the team, Nico Bilic. Nico Bilic. About 5'10", 190, but tough as nails. Oh, he could throw. I actually have a picture on my phone. I don't know where I got it from, but if it's him throwing a quite the haymaker at, uh, at another fellow there. But, um, yeah, he, he'd go and there's a couple other guys that would go, but it's, uh, it's a really emotional game. Like you really gotta have that mentality there. Oh, nice. Oh, we saved that one. Yeah. But, uh, really interesting. Yeah. Well, I know I've never been to a rush game, but I know like we have a couple guys that I work with that are just like diehards and they go all the time and yeah, man, they crank the music and he says, ah, oh, place is sold out. The beers are flying and, People are really into it, and I know the owner. 
I think what is it like the last two home op- like home openers? There's been like fights right off the face off, and I was sort yeah. of t- I was sort of told that the owner sort of indicated to the players that it would probably be a good idea that if that happened. I don't think he told anybody to specifically go out and do it, but it was maybe suggested that, that it would, that it would be uh, a good maybe. Yeah, uh, just go out there and try it once. Yeah, and I think it was sort of suggested that it might be a good idea, and uh, yeah, get... and, and and from all accounts, no one was booing. <laughs> funny how that happens. No, no, funny, funny. Yeah, exactly. No, it's. Uh... It's quite the sport. I wish it was around when well, it was around, but I wish uh, we had a chance. Small town Saskatchewan. I think what what you need nine players, ten players, sort of thing, twelve players. We would have been we would have been a pretty good team. We had some toughness back when I was in school, and there was a lot of toughness around uh, all our small town area too. I was going to say nine or ten. Fuck, that's that. your whole graduating class. Actually, yeah, it would have been. <laughs> <laughs> There you go, small town Saskatchewan. Yeah, well, that, that's funny that you you brought out the fucking the 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 uh, the hockey cards. I was actually um, I had a bunch of well, I got cards. Shit, I got hockey cards all over the place here. But uh, one of the things I kind of want to do, I keep saying I'm going to do it on my YouTube channel, but I'm going to do it tonight. I swear tonight I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to start something on my YouTube channel. I'm just going to call it the drunk hockey carding. But I'm going to do like five cards. Like and uh, I'll just and I'm gonna do like a little little bio on it. Like they're not gonna be long videos, like maybe five or six minutes. But I'm gonna do a little thirty second little bio on each guy. But I'll try to find some unique cards of certain guys. I'm kind of I was going through them yesterday, trying to go through all my cards, finding like I didn't want to. Oh, this is Bob Probert. I mean that's sort of generic, but no. So I kind of did something different. Like I got like a Steve McIntyre Muskegon card and a Bruce Ramsey Thunder Bay and. Kelly Chase and Peoria card. So I think I'm Colt Nor with the Providence Bruins. So I think I'll, uh, I'm going to do a little drunk hockey card. And I want to see, I'm trying to get my YouTube channel. Uh, I mean, my YouTube channel is pretty good. It's, I got about 3,000 subscribers, which is cool. But always kind of trying to look for more here. So you're, uh, it was funny when you sent this afternoon when you sent me that picture of your hockey cards. Because I was actually doing that last night. I had them all spread out here going through them. Now, I'm just looking at one here, and I, I for, totally forgot I had this. And it's a name that, again, kind of like the old line thing, doesn't get brought up as a as a like an enforcer, a tough guy. Brendan Witt. Yeah. Another one from Humboldt. Yeah, 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 he was. And, um, yeah, tough dude, man. Yeah, first, uh, first round pick from Washington, played in Seattle. Um, I know yeah. over the, the last little while, if anybody's a longtime listener of the show, I uh, I do those best in the West polls that they used to do in the Western Hockey League that was voted on by the players and coaches. And yeah, and Witt was voted toughest guy. It was the last episode that I did. Was it 90, 92, 93? He was voted the toughest guy in the Western in the Western Division of the WHL. But yeah, he big dude, man, great player. What a, had an excellent NHL yeah. career and uh, um, tough dude, man. Yeah, that guy got hit by a fucking car and still played in that night. Yeah. Walking to the rink, SUV or something. It was like a yeah. He's cross doing a a crosswalk, walking to the rink, and an SUV hit him. Yeah, and he still played that night. Yeah, that's tough. That's very tough. Stand up, shake it off. Ah, fuck, why hit me? Yeah, though I remember when he uh, he was going through like a contract battle or something with Washington, and he sat out like an entire year. 
and he didn't play. And I remember when the Thunderbirds came to Saskatoon to play the Blades, um, he came to the game, but he was just in the crowd. Like he wasn't playing. He was sitting out. Mm -hmm. Um, and fuck, was he massive? Oh, was he big? And I was just like, oh yeah. Well, cause at that point, what is he doing other than just like working out? Right. So yeah, he was a massive dude. Um, Actually, I talked to a bunch of him on Twitter a bunch of times, and I, I know he's not on social media anymore. But yeah, he's like up in the well. At one time, he was like living in the woods with, in Montana. I think he had like a pet wolf or something. Yeah, like the guy's like Mister Outdoors Hunter guy, you know. And I think and his, but I think he ended up moving to San Diego because his daughter wanted to be like a marine biologist or something. So they moved to the ocean in San Diego. Oh, but crazy. Yeah, but I remember he had like a pet wolf and like lived in the woods in Montana or something. But. Um, <laughs> You know, that wouldn't shock me at all. No, he had long hair, the tattoos and everything. He's a fun guy to yeah. talk to. I wanted to, I hadn't, I wasn't doing the podcast yet. I would have loved to have had him on the show, but yeah, he's not like, he's not even on social media anymore. So it's like, ah, fuck. I would have loved to have had him on, but, uh, but yeah, he, he was a tough dude. Had a hell of a career. I mean, he played a long time and yeah. Yeah. Mostly with Washington, too, if I recall correctly. Yeah, with the Islanders and then a little bit with Washington, yeah. Or with Washington Islanders, and the Islanders, Washington, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, but yeah, one of those just big goals, gritty. It was interesting. For as good as a fighter as he was in, the, in junior, you could just see, like, he didn't actually really fight. I, I shouldn't say he didn't fight that much in the NHL. He did. But he, I, I don't think anybody's calling Brendan Wynn a heavyweight fighter because he wasn't. He didn't fight that no. much. But he was just one of those just old sandpaper defenseman clear out the front of the net, lay the body. If shit went south, he'd get in there, you know, but he wasn't going to go fight Probert or anything, but well, I'm not saying he wouldn't, if he had to, he would, but I mean, that wasn't his deal, but he was just going to be that guy that it's going to make your life miserable. And if you wanted to play fuck around, yeah, all right, we can do that too. But yeah, he's just one of those guys. Yeah. He's like Brendan Witt, like McCabe, Bob Rouse, Tenority. Just guys like that, just old Nordy, sand, yeah. sandpaper defensemen that, yeah, those guys aren't around anymore. No, they're not, and that's too bad. Yeah, made it into this figure skating. Well, it's disaster. like yeah, it's like well, it's like defensemen that don't know how to play defense anymore. It's like having five forwards. It's like all right, you know. I mean, yeah, back in the day, those gritty guys clear out the front of the net, and then you know. Glassing out, that was their deal, right? They'd get like yeah. seven, they'd get like eight, eight, nine points a year, you know, three goals, six assists. Yeah, that was about it, right? About 80 minutes of penalties, you know, seven or eight fights. That was just their career, right? And it was every team yeah. had guys like that, and they just don't anymore. Yeah, it's too bad, but you know, but I mean, it's funny because like you mentioned a guy like Bob Rose, and people laugh, but go look up Bob Rose, go watch him fight on YouTube. Fuck, him and Wendell Clark have awesome, he had a couple good fights when he was in Minnesota. Him and Wendell Clark have awesome fights. And it's just like, guys like that, you just, they're kind of the unsung guys that flew under the radar. You know, like I said, they'd have five, six, seven fights a year. But every once in a while, like, they fight like a heavyweight guy, like Stefan Quintal. There's another name for people. Like, you know, wasn't a massive fighter, but when he did, he was pretty good at it. And it was just, yeah, just kind of one of those big guys that just, you know, unassuming, but just every once in a while, things got out of hand. They were there. And you would take care of it, yep. Yeah, you know. Speaking just... of Wendell Clark, you brought up Wendell Clark. I'm just looking at a card here that I have. I don't know what the shape of it is. It looks like a dog got a hold of it at one point. That's too bad. Oh, just the corner. No, it's okay. Wendell Clark, 
and a Tampa Bay Lightning uniform. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is the one with the flames coming up the arm. Yeah. Yeah. What, like, talk about looking at a strange card. You just don't, you, okay, fine, the uh, the Islanders, I can get on with that sort of thing. But the, I, I totally forgot, just looking through this, I totally forgot he played for Tampa Bay at the end of his career. Oh, yeah. Wow, he had a good year that year. He was in the All-Star game the year he, he did, played yeah. in Tampa. He played, he represented Tampa Bay in the All-Star game. Yeah, he had a good year that year. But yeah, when you see him in that awful third jersey, I have a Getty image picture of him. And he's in that third jersey, and it's just like, what the fuck, yeah. Well, it's even wild if you look up those hockey cards, you see him in a Detroit Red Wing uniform. It's like, what? Oh, it's yeah. even weirder. Yeah, yeah he played. Well, yeah, it's he, just this third jersey, it's just so strange. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's not only weird to see him in a Tampa uniform, then let alone that ugly third jersey, it's like even more wild. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. It was a, it was a guy online. I can't remember what they were talking about. It was like some autograph signing or something. And, you know, and for whatever reason, this guy's like a big, like, Detroit Red Wing fan. Anyway, it's Wendell Clark signing in Toronto. Maybe it was for his book or something. I can't remember. But anyway, this guy's yeah. in line and whatever. He gets up and signs it. And he's like, oh, could you sign my picture too? Oh, yeah, sure. So he hands him the picture and it's Wendell with the Detroit Red Wings. And, like, Wendell's looking at him. He's like, what the fuck is this? You know, like... He signed it and everything. He was fine with it, but he was just like, you know, like he goes, I don't know how many Detroit Red Wing pictures I've signed, but it hasn't been many. Uh, he's like, I don't know. No. You know, because mostly everybody, if you're going to get Wendell to sign something, it's a leaf one, obviously. But yeah, leaf this guy one. had yeah, a... absolutely. Well, he's just more like, where did you find this? Because it's like, you know, he played like, what, eight games there or something. He's like, I don't even think there was pictures of me in Detroit, you know, but uh, yeah, that's, that was funny. He was just... Yeah, sign the red. All I know is if I had Wendell sign anything, it would be the Blades picture that I have of him. From the old Shell oh, gas yeah, station totally. mileage makers uh, uh, print or uh, fold out from the from the Blades program when Wendell's sitting there and his, uh, they spelled his name wrong and he's wearing Cooperalls. I'm like, that's the picture I'd have Wendell sign. <laughs> yeah. Clark with an E. I love that one. Yeah. The, the young rookie. We'll see if he sticks with the team. Yeah. He did it. He he did okay. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Well, the funny yeah, thing was, is a, lot, a lot of people don't realize that Wendell Clark, all through junior, was a defenseman. Right. That's right. Yeah, and he made the World Junior Team, played for Team Canada, and he was the seventh defenseman on the World Junior Team. And uh, for whatever re- classic Leafs, but I mean it worked out. But classic Leafs, they draft him first overall. He gets to Leaf camp, and they're like, "Yeah, we're going to make you a forward." Oh, okay, I guess. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it, obviously it worked out, but I'm like, what NHL team would do that? You draft a guy first overall, then switch positions, you know, like. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, but yeah, we're going to draft you as a defenseman. As soon as you get to camp, yeah, you're playing forward now. We'll throw you on left wing. <laughs> okay. I'm like, eh, leave, it okay. The, leave it to the Leafs. But that one actually worked out. But yeah. But yeah, I think people are always surprised by that. They didn't realize that when. Well, I guess why would you? But yeah, they're always surprised to learn that Wendell Clark was a defenseman and junior. Yeah, he totally was. I kind of forgot about that too. But like, and ridiculous stats too. Like twenty some goals. He had like seventy some points. He had like twenty five goals and fifty assists in like two hundred minutes. And yeah, he was uh, he was the man in junior. Oh fuck, he was the man with the Leafs too. Who am I kidding? Yeah, Wendell was awesome. Have you been to his restaurant yet? 
Uh, once maybe. Yeah. Here in the city. Yeah. 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 I think I was, I was there once or twice. I think we just sat at the bar and, and I had a couple and had some, had some food and it's all right in there. It's not too bad. Yeah. Apparently I want to know, I heard through the grapevine that they're Kevin Kaminsky is selling merchandise out of that place. Oh, I have a Kevin Kaminsky shirt upstairs somewhere. I bought a but I bought I a wear it all the time. I, yeah. Oh, I'm, see, I'm, I'm letting the cat out of the bag because it's a gift for someone. But yes, I have, uh, I, have a, I have a Kevin Kaminsky hoodie that I bought off Kevin at Christmas time, sitting right here. Cool. That I, gotta, that I gotta send to somebody. But somebody had told me that Kaminsky was selling stuff at the Wendell Clark restaurant. You can get hats and T-shirts there. Killer gear. Killer, killer wear or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is how far the show's fallen, folks. We're talking about Wendell Clark's restaurant and t-shirts. There you go. <laughs> Aren't you happy you tuned in on a Sunday night for this? Never mind the oh, Super Bowl. What Listen is this greasy horror show? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you're a football guy. There, keep contained, Dave. Yeah. Who's winning the Super Bowl? I don't know. I'm a 49ers fan, and I'm still a little bit bitter that the Rams beat the 49ers uh, two weeks ago. But I got the Bengals going maybe by three points. It's going to be a close one. I think Burrow's going to be on his ass maybe eight, nine times. It's hard to uh, hard to contain um, Aaron Donald there in that defense. But I've got I've got the Bengals by three. It might even be like a last last second uh, field goal. It's hard to bet against Joe Joe Cool Burrow. I mean, there's only three cools in the world, and that was Joe Namath, Joe Montana, and Joe Burrow, hey? I'm down. I'm down. I'm a fan of Joe Burrow. Actually, I like Stafford, too. I like both. It's one of these games. I don't I don't really care who wins. And uh, Stafford, for all the shit in Detroit all those years, it's like, yeah, all right. I mean, I could be down. If Stafford won, that's fine. But I like Joe Burrow. Yeah, I like I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I liked him at LSU. He was cool. I actually went into the, the card shop there in Lawson Heights Mall, I'm like, do you got any, like, yeah. this is like two years ago, or when the year got, I'm like, do you got any Joe Burrow rookie cards? And, uh, I, of course they had, oh yeah, we got the one of two blue refractor, you know, for $800 or whatever. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not giving you $600 <laughs> for that. You got anything else? And they're like, oh, this one for like five bucks. Yeah. So I got like Joe Burrow's rated rookie card. I went and bought that. So I got that sitting here, but nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I would be cool to see Cincy win it. Just, they never have. That'd be cool. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna differ from you. I think the Rams. Actually, I I kind of think the Rams win this going away a little bit. Actually, I I think they'll. Uh, I think they win by ten. I think. Okay. We'll see. I hope yeah. not. I mean, yeah, at the very point. least, I like let's just have a good game. You know, something that's entertaining yeah, to I watch. I mean, the Super Bowls uh, many times have been just the shits. You know, and that's just kind of, yeah, that kind of just sucks because you're sitting there watching a bunch of nothing. But, yeah, so I'm just kind of hoping for a decent game. But either team wins, I'm fine with either. But, uh, yeah, if I'm a betting man, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to put my money on the Rams, I think. Oh, here's that. Here, oh, Just watching the fight there. Oh, that lacrosse fight. They took the shed, the head, helmets and everything. That's kind of a, that's an odd thing to see these days. There we go. It is an odd thing. Uh, just a fight in general is an odd thing to see these days. That is true, unless you travel down Thirty Third Street on a Friday night. Oh shit! I've seen it. I've seen it work. All, I've seen it at work a few times. I said if I wore a body cam, I could have my own YouTube channel. Yeah, the shit that I've seen. Yeah, if I dashboard cam from my truck. Yeah, I could. The shit I've seen. I've seen a few good fights. Yeah, yeah, mostly the female variety actually. But um, well, I mean, we've. Uh, 
talk senior hockey. We talked Rick Rippin. Talk some old defenseman, Lasan. Uh, we, we, I think we covered a little bit of everything today, Darren. Aside from uh, farming and the weather, I think we covered everything. I think you're right, and uh, yeah, I think <laughs> we, I, we've bored the people on a number of fronts. Yeah. Get your beers ready for this one, folks. You're going to need them. Mm-hmm. This show is way better when you're drunk. Oh, yeah. I had a couple primers because I wasn't sure how this was going to end up, but uh, I had a couple primer whiskeys, and, uh, well, we sailed right along. We did pretty well. Well, hey, that's one man's opinion, you know. <laughs> we, uh, oh, <laughs> I've been, yeah, I've been cracking the beers. We're rolling along pretty good. Yeah, um, I'm sure the wife will just be thrilled when she gets home. But, um, yeah. Well, folks, um, I, you know, I think we'll maybe we'll, uh, you know, it's been an hour and 40 of what you got here, folks, was two fight fans, uh, basically just, uh, you know, virtually, but if we were in person, we'd be sitting on the couch, we'd be watching the fight DVD and just cracking beers and talking. And this is what you got. And I, I will say in all seriousness, um, and I've, and I've mentioned this in a number of episodes going back into last year. Uh, go, or going into the new year, I was talking on the New Year's episodes that I kind of want to do this and I want to uh, get more um, interaction with fellow fight fans. Dave and I have talked for years on Twitter, and uh, you know, having having you on, and I had Jay on previously, and William, and I've had a, du- a number of different Dante, a number of different fans on lately, and I've really enjoyed these conversations, and it's and it's cool to get your perspective like when you started to become a fan and when you where you grew up and your perspective mm-hmm. on things and and um and i know the feedback's been really positive and people are, are you know oh that was cool to listen to that you know whatever and and i because i always say everyone has a story of how they got into it and uh and how they view things and stuff like that and and i don't know for these sunday episodes i thought instead of just me sitting here ranting away about staring up my window yelling about brad marchant and some fucking top 10 list of the avalanche i mean why not have some fight fans on and we'll talk about whatever the fuck we just talked about. I don't know. To me, that's, yeah. that, that's the episode I wanted. And, uh, and I, I could actually could really give two shits if people don't, if people listen or not, they'll listen. I know they will, but if they, you know, if they don't, they don't, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. I'm having fun doing this and, uh, it's my show. So yeah. I had, fuck? A, I had an absolute blast. Yeah, I had an no. absolute blast to get, get talking and, uh, and relive some old memories and that sort of thing from uh, the old senior days in Bruno. Fucking hey, yeah, and it was, uh, you know, and like you said, it was, it's just, uh, yeah, fun having a fellow fight fan on, and uh, you know, like I said, getting your perspective on things, and uh, yeah, man, I, uh, I, I dig that you took the time out to talk, and uh, I know we've been setting it up for a long time, and I mean, it's certainly, I always say with all the guys that I have on, it's certainly, I hope this isn't the last time we do this, and. Uh, and not only do I want to get fight fans on, as I'm saying this now, but I, I've also talked about, and what I'd like to do going down the line, is certainly get like almost get a group chat one night and get a bunch of guys on the line and um, come up with some certain topics and kind of, as you said, go around the room, get everyone's opinion on it, right? And I, get, I, I mean, I'll give you guys the heads up on the topics ahead of time, but go around, get, you know, get three or four guys on the line and kind of do a group chat. And I think that'd be really cool, you know? Yeah, like a round table sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, come up with a few topics to discuss, and I think that'd be a lot of fun. So I certainly want to uh, inc- get you involved in that as well. So, um, yeah, I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I, I'd be totally on board, Darren. 
All right, man. Well, I will, uh, I guess that's it. We'll, uh, we'll shut her down for now, but I really want to thank you for taking the time for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Like I said, it was fun. It's, uh, reliving some old memories and some new ones and, uh, remembering things that I totally forgot about. (laughs) Excellent. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome, Darren. Have a good night. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 